Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here with my co-host, Vic Mattis of Free Beacon. I am in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, after the debate, just hanging around. It does seem like this beautiful Midwestern city so far north of where I usually am might hit 90 degrees again today, which I do not appreciate, Wisconsin. I came up here for some relief, and I did not get it. I also came up for a debate, which we're going to talk about. But first, Vic, how are you doing? Hello, Mary Catherine. I wish I was in Milwaukee because I would probably find the nearest Culver's and get myself a butter burger, maybe a concrete, and some cheese curds. How are you doing up there, and did you get yourself to a Culver's? Are you eating and drinking well? That's really my concern. I'm fine here. Nothing going on here. But are you you're up in you're up in the land of happy days in Laverne and Shirley, and I just want to know what's yes, going I'm on. good. Milwaukee is a cool city. It's got the beautiful lakeshore. It's pretty. It's normally temperate. This time it was not. Yeah. Yesterday I kept thinking I was when I got here because my head said Milwaukee. I was like, I'll just walk to the venue. It's less than a mile. And then I went outside and I was like, look, even my southern ass cannot handle this. Like it's not happening. It was. It was. 100 degrees um which is it's a lot so and a lot of the tv sites were doing outdoor shots because you want to get the milwaukee Mm -hmm. skylight in the background you want to get the venue in the background so the poor god bless the camera folks and the audio folks who had to be out in that heat all day but you know i survived made it through was up very early in the morning flew into milwaukee watched the debate wrote something for foxnews.com, went to sleep very late. But in the in the middle there, I did have some fried cheese curds. And oh. I did go to a Milwaukee, like a historic Milwaukee building with this wonderful brewery in it. Haas and Pfeffer at Schatz. You went to Schatz where Laverne and Shirley worked. Haas I did, I did. That's exactly where it was. Oh. Where were the cheese curds from? They were at this brewery. And I also, oh, look, it was- a oh, I bet it was good. Let me say, it was 100 degrees, as I said. Okay. Yeah. And also- did that keep me from ordering beer cheddar soup at a, bre- a brewery? It did not, because it's one of my favorite things on the planet. Beer and cheese in a bowl for me? Yes, please. I don't care if it's hot. There's air conditioning in here. It's fine. So I enjoyed that very much. I bet uh, it was good. And I did. However, instead of a beer, I had a little bit of a beer, but instead of a beer, which might make me sleepy, I had to have a Jack and Coke because. I had been up since four in the morning and I was like, I feel like if I'm going to have a drink, it needs to have some caffeine in it. Like, so, okay, yes. the Yeah. It was either that or the espresso martini. I tried, so, was, uh, I tried to order an espresso martini and they were out of what they needed. So Wow. Wow. Which you know, I've, never, um, I've never actually had yeah. one. So I was kind of excited. And then they were like, womp, womp. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. That, that, that'll, that'll get your heart pumping. But remember, <laughs> I, I've told this so story I've before. Heard. Yes. You know, the origins of the espresso martini, as I've mentioned. The woman who walked into the bar and let and said she needed to something to wake her up and f me up is what she said, and that was how the espresso martini was born. No, yesterday in Arlington it was in the morning was sixty one degrees. Yeah, how nice for you, how nice for you guys. All the way down south, way down south, oh, the Mason Dixon line. Okay, was it a real? We can get right into Milwaukee if you want. Was it a real media spectacle out there? Oh yeah, I mean all the. The, I've been the to the conventions players. before. I mean, it gets pretty. Is it, was it like that? Yes, atmosphere? it was. No, it was more chill than that because, as a for a debate, 
you know, I, the security perimeter is smaller. You're only walking short distances, thank goodness. And you, but, but I saw a bunch of people I knew, a bunch of people I'd known from other media organizations yeah. over the years who've moved from place to place. You know, it's a little bit of a reunion. And, and aren't people actually friendlier when you see each other in a different location? Like kind of exciting true. in a yes. weird way. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Yeah, it's like seeing your teacher out of the school building. It's like all out of context. <laughs> weird, and weird and exciting. Strange. <laughs> yeah. So were you but, able to um, I get, also, Yeah, were you able ahead. to get inside? I'm sorry, were you able to get inside? Uh, I was in the venue earlier ah, in the day to scout okay. it out, but I did not stay there to watch. Again, I I like to... I Being in the room is one thing, but most people are watching it on TV, right? And yeah. so I watched it the way the people watch it, <laughs> partly because then you don't have to be subject to all the security. You don't have to be in there for an extended period of time when maybe you need to be doing something else or be somewhere else. And I also had reliable internet, which sometimes can be an issue in a large venue like that. That's and right. I, I also to... understand you're not supposed to have a laptop inside the uh, room. Yeah, there's all sorts of restrictions. So I was yeah. I was elsewhere at a watch party oh, at this oh, brewery, and I was ah. able to watch thoroughly. But I also, before that, visited the the Ruthless Podcast pregame show, oh. which had a beautiful setup. Guy Benson did a little guest shot there. They had a beautiful setup of just... Very much game day, sports center game yeah, day. They go all out. With the with the tables and they had <laughs> the football helmets with ruthless on them. So it's nice to visit those guys. And and I, I just like it when conservatives do something that's a little ambitious and a little different and pull it off. And they 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 went for something big and it was cool. Yeah. It was nice to see. Yeah. And there was a there's a crowd out there, even in the heat, uh holding signs behind them and enjoying it. So that's great. And oh, and wait, wait, I should say, I was gonna I say, met a, I met a lot of Getting Hammered listeners. No, the Ruthless Minions and the Getting Hammered listeners oh. overlap in some cases. And so I got it's a, it's a medium sized people. Venn diagram. Yes. <laughs> so what did they have to say? Oh, they just said thank you and that the and that the the pod is fun. And they one one listener thanked us for keeping it pretty clean because he does like to listen in front of his kids. And I said, kids, I yeah, listen to absolutely. podcasts in front of my children. And I understand that you don't want to be running for mm -hmm. that pause button all the time. So I attempt to censor myself at least a little bit. <laughs> That's what we try to do. We try to do, and, and, and especially if we're talking about happy kids subjects like Christmas and things of that nature, we're not, you know, yes, spilling the beans here. Okay. Yeah. We're keeping it. We're keeping it real for you guys, for That's the parents right. out That's there. Right. That's right. Now the kids are saying, what do you mean by spill the beans? Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's about dinner, sweetie. Don't worry about it. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's right. Okay. So we should talk about the debate that happened in Milwaukee. This is the first GOP debate of several yeah. planned. It was a bit up in the air for a while as to whether the front runner, Donald Trump, former president, would attend. But it was very it was pretty clear by a couple of days before the debate that he was going to take a pass. And he did instead a pre-recorded interview with Tucker Carlson, which aired in edited segments on Twitter. X on X. On, excuse me, on X, <laughs> the site formerly known as Twitter. And while the debate was going on now, of course, it needed to be pre-taped partly because he's got to watch the debate and like hate truth about everyone on the stage. <laughs> And that is indeed what happened. But let's let's do maybe a state of the race assessment about yeah. what you saw on the debate stage, mm -hmm. Vic. 
do you think anyone made any major moves or medium moves? Yeah, I'd say we were watching. Now, this was the vice presidential debate we were watching yesterday. Was that it last night? <laughs> Don't do that to them, Vic. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, sorry. To them. It's, no. a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy if you do that. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I have I, I have some news for you, Mary Catherine. I think it's going to happen. Okay, it was interesting. And I have to say, Megyn Kelly had made this comment on Twitter or X, which she says she on her bingo cards, she never would have guessed Mike Pence keeping things spicy because uh-huh. he... You know, we all know we have this impression of Mike Pence, obviously, from the four years he was the vice president under Donald Trump. And there was the whole drama over January 6th. And he's been making the rounds, but he's very staid. But he got animated. And and and, and so did a lot of candidates. And as you know, I, I'm curious what it was like where you were, you know, with among the masses at this brewery, the Vivek moments. Right. Because, the, you know, from the get-go, for me... Vivek was, he's like a proxy for Trump. And it's like he wants, he didn't say one bad thing about him. So he clearly would love to be a running mate. He thinks he's the greatest president of the 21st century, in which case, why are you running? Yes, that's right. I mean, so he's just this, again, a proxy. It also is like the amount of energy. And I I appreciate people coming there who are not low energy, right? They come in, they're coming into play. They're not going to pull a Rick Perry and, you know, zone out embarrassingly and naming like, you know, the various pillars of your platform. But uh, it was like he came running out from having done the uh, 25 burpees or how many he did. I don't know if you saw that he and his wife. <laughs> I, did. I did. But he was like really hot. But not not only does he do burpees, but he's like bouncing like nonstop. Like did, did we miss a previous? Was it edited to keep out the part where he's like snorting, you know, a mountain? Of cocaine, you know, it just like boom, that energy, man. It was something else. And he was just a it was very wolves of Wall Street before he came out there. It was very Wolf of Wall Street. So I, I was I was impressed by I'll tell you who I was impressed by, and then I and I want to and then I'll throw it back to you. But I thought Chris Christie was your typical attack dog. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, obviously, because of what he did to Rubio, he was doing to Vivek, but I kind of liked it. And then Pence, well, I thought it was impressive. Nikki Haley, I thought was great. And 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 I'm going to keep it at that for now. Mary Catherine, what did you think? And what do the people around you think? So I think, OK, let me let me give you the Wisconsin voter take first, because I yes, think it's more please. important than mine, probably. Although pretty much in line with mine. So let's pat me on the back for being real. You, America have a pulse. Here. you have you have your finger on the pulse. <laughs> no. So they some of them were Trump supporters. Some of them were not who were at this debate watching party. They thought Vivek was polarizing. Some people liked his message. That's a good word. Look, I understand why people like Vivek. He's he's quick on his feet. He hits a lot of pressure points that conservative GOP primary voters want to hear about. I think that the fatherlessness and the loss of intact families was a was a moment that he hit on something that other people didn't. And it and it resonated with the room. Okay, so he was, but he was polarizing. Half the people liked what he said and his differentiation of himself as a new generation who believes slightly different things. The other half were like, no, I don't, this seems a little too slick for my taste, right? Which is, that's yeah. where I am. Like, and whoever taught him to do that, we are too much smile. Let's not do that. <laughs> Look, I'm nitpicking on it. But Even it was, it was very just, cocky. It was a lot. So he was polarizing. People agreed, especially women, that Nikki Haley did herself a lot of good. And I think I, since last night, 
have even warmed more to Nikki Haley's performance than I did right after the debate. I think yes. she I think she and DeSantis made themselves the clear top rung of the what we have right. we have a set we have a second tier of candidates here. So they I'm, made themselves I'm, the yes. tier, clear top rungs. I give Christy oh sorry I'm bad don't don't go to me yet. We're sticking with this. Haley did herself a lot of good. DeSantis was on message and solid and they liked that he referred to things that he had actually done in his tenure yes. as governor. And but here's the issue. Here's the rub. The Trump supporters were asked, did any of you move as a result of this debate? And the answer was no. no. And that's the that's the thing is like we're in triple sow cow territory. Like you you're not winning this thing by just skating along. That's not happening. Like you got you got to land a punch. I do think it's pretty exceptional that given the run-up to this, the expectations ended up being sort of low for Ron DeSantis, and he exceeded them easily, and no one laid a hand on it. No, it's weird that they all gravitated towards Vivek. It's as if Trump were on the stage and they were going after Trump. And it is is interesting, and I I didn't mention Ron DeSantis, and, and you did. He said, I think, for a portion of the debate, the right things. Yeah. He is he is not a great, he loves taking on the press. There's no question about that. But in a debate format, he's very stiff and robotic. Yes. And I knew he had a lot of, you know, at this point with the campaign on the ropes, you have a million people telling you a million different things of, don't forget to say this, don't say this, make sure you do this, make sure you do, don't do this, gestures, signals, you know, how you enunciate all these different things. Look, relax. Remember to, you know, it's 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 enough to drive you crazy. So it's a crazy know, of, task. Yes, it is. And out of the gate, he's not conversational at all. It's just I have these large word chunks that I have to, you know, as we say in the, the, our business, word loaves, just get it out there. And here's what I did. And uh, you know, okay. So I mean, the important thing is he did, as you mentioned, you know, enumerate what he has done as the governor. And then but there are a couple of funny lines. And one of the things he said was, you know, he had to remember to mention his service in the military, right? Yes. And he says that and that he had been, you know, but he he was Jack, which is great. I'm I'm not a lawyer, and my my the extent of my military, as you know, is a Civil Air Patrol. But you know, he was talking about it like, and I've I've been with the Navy SEALs. You know, basically, I am a Navy SEAL. That's kind well, of that, the idea. If I ask, I, if I, I, just, just, I, I don't know if I agree with this one. Oh, I was. Like, really? I was I was like this on Pete Buttigieg, too, because yes. people were like, oh, yeah, right. Pete Buttigieg, mm-hmm. sure, you served. Right. And I'm like, how many of y'all have chosen mm-hmm. to go into the military? Yeah. Because right. it's not very many. And yeah. I am happy to see somebody on the stage who does have some service. Now, he, you're right. He was a lawyer attached to. Right. Yeah. And he never, team, right? like, word, he never mentions the word JAG, you know, so if you didn't, if he didn't he, know that. I think he sh- yeah. I think he should bring up the fact that he served because it does oh, yeah, differentiate sure. him from that from that field. So I think rest, you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. He is he doesn't have a lot of tonal range, right? He's right. he's listing no, he the doesn't. things he's done and he's doing it forcefully. There's a moment where that served him. And to me, it was the best moment of the first half of the debate. And that is when he short circuited the hand raising question on oh, climate change yeah. and whether and you know you what i said it. this i said this out loud mary catherine which is i was watching with my son and i said 
That is the worst show of hands is is the worst. I hate those show of hands. And you know what? Because if you play along with it, it's going to make you somehow look bad when you do this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I'm particularly look, I think this is why I think that mattered. It was assertive. He's he jumps in there. He says, we are not school children. And the thing that I liked about that is that on this issue in particular, on something else, like Mike, did Mike Pence do the right thing? I say, just raise your hand. Like, that's an easy question. The climate change question is complex, and we are yes. not the side that is required to make a religious light a candle ceremony about it, right? We're not we're not doing the Apostles' Creed for climate change. We can actually just have a conversation about energy policy and all the things related to that and all the trade-offs. And I think he was he sensed that that is what voters prefer on this issue, and he went directly into once again how he did things in Florida, real things on the ground and responding to, to disasters. So I liked that moment, but I agree with you that the overall tone, like te- yeah. take some notes from Governor Burgum, who has a, who has oh, a light touch. And a lot, of people, a lot of people have texted me. I like that Doug Burgum guy more than I thought. And I'm not surprised by that. He has a high social IQ. He's a good speaker. And good on him, by the way, for getting out there with a pretty severe injury yeah, from yesterday. Yeah, ruptured. Yes. The word ruptured itself is a terrible word, but a ruptured yeah. Achilles uh, tendon. That's, by the way, did he not make an Achilles heel joke? Because somebody should have. Uh, no, I don't think he did. And, yeah. But he did make a joke about him being up there and uh, him, himself being up there. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's a terrible injury to have. And I think the lesson is don't play basketball. Unless you are good at it, you know, (laughs) a pickup game, anything can happen. And again, he had spent what? He spent tens of millions of dollars just to be able to participate in this debate. So I'm like, there have to be good doctors out there that will help him boot him up and get him on. You got to Rasputin that guy, get him on stage like they do Biden. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and the, and the thing, yes, Biden apparently, you know, when they were asking him really quickly in this tangent about this airplane crash that killed Prigozhin, right, in, oh, yeah. in Russia, he was asked for a statement on it, and Biden said he had no comment. He wasn't. He wasn't. He, he didn't have anything to say at the moment because he had just got doing a. I think he was cycling and then Pilates. Yeah, he said he was doing an hour and a half workout. Hmm. That's that's impressive, if um, true. Also, he had more comment about that than he could muster in front of cameras for for Maui. By the way, I should yeah. add a slight clarification slash correction, which is that the White House did put out a statement, a written yeah. statement That's right. earlier than his no comment on camera. So I clarified in a column later that on camera, he right. had do- not done anything until he got to Maui. I still think the the point stands about his general detachment. The point stands because I'm pretty sure he's not the one typing out the statement. Just going to say but they that. Did, and it, they did and that story gets worse and worse. Yeah. Ooh, and that story gets worse and worse. And, 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 and Hawaii and the, the, the policies uh, and the fixations over equity over these other higher priorities. But we could talk about that another time. What stood out to you about Vivek when he, I mean, okay. So the, the I was going to say the reason why people went after him instead of going after DeSantis is like they, they saw Vivek was surging. And so yes. it's almost like, you know, they've already forgotten about Ron DeSantis because they think that he has no chance. But this guy, this guy. Well, and the thing about 
I, I will pat myself on the back a little bit because on Guy Benson's radio show yesterday, I, before this happened, before the debate, I said I thought Christie might go after Vivek because Ooh. he is surging a little bit. Chris Christie loves a target of opportunity, and this guy's going to oh, be running his mouth boy. the whole time. Did he? And I also yeah. just had a sense that Christie in particular would dislike this guy's vibe on stage. Like it's this yes. young whippersnapper. Yeah. I know everything. Very and Christy just delights slick. in taking that down. And boy, did he by slamming Vivek for using Obama's a recycled Obama line, which is like, yeah, why do you Who's use a skinny that? Guy with yeah, the, the funny skinny, last name. Funny name, which fine, but I'm not sure that's your audience. Yeah. You know, you're by the you're way, very GOP audience. Thank you for reminding me. And I texted you about it last night as it just happened. I said, wait. Because, you know, if you're not paying fully full attention, it was it escalated so quickly that I almost thought it was going to turn into like the Jerry Springer show and and it was going to come over there. But then I'll just, all I hear is Chris Christie saying, who's a skinny guy with a funny last name? I said, whoa, what just happened? And then you reminded me that this, there, was, there was an Obama reference. It, well, um, and, it, and it was an Obama reference yeah. that Vivek had already made about himself. So he yes. was... Thank referring you. to his own thing, which right. if, if you didn't know that, maybe it sounded a little problematic. Yes, it did at uh, first. Well, the, but the rest of it I loved because he said, yeah, he's, you know, he's the part of the candidate of Chad GPT. And that was fantastic. And I, that was a big, that was a big dig. And so I, yeah, I loved seeing Christie go into action like that because once he gets, you can't stop him. He is like, well, he's like a giant boulder roll down on you and then but then you I, saw I other... enjoy him I enjoy him sort of in spite of myself because I'm I mad know. at him for not having used his powers oh, to sure. take on Trump in 2016 yeah. because he has immense powers on a debate yes, stage he does. and he didn't use them on Trump yes last night he distinguished himself when from Trump he went straight at Trump on some things which I appreciate because that is as is actually mm -hmm. the job these guys need to be doing and he's just good He's just a, yeah. he's a good speaker. He could have his own full hour long show. I mean, he's right. He's got I, and he's not. And he's also from people I know who know him. Not really a nice guy, but it works from a distance. He's one of these well, yeah, people who you might you might really like and say, oh, this guy's fantastic. He tells the truth or he tells he tells it like it is. And he doesn't care if it's unpopular, but you don't actually want to meet him because you might be disappointed. Midwest nice and Jersey nice are very different things. Very different. I, I can tell you. You know <laughs> oh, me. Interesting, you know how I interesting story. When we went and Guy and I were walking around from Ruthless over to our next event and we came out of the sort of credentialed area. And yes. as we were coming through, we met a man who said hi to both of us, clearly recognized Guy, I think recognized me as well, said he was a big fan of Guy's and shook both of our hands. He was an older gentleman. Uh -huh. Okay. And a little, it was a little bit hard to hear out there, mm -hmm. but we both could have sworn that he said, I'm Chris Christie's father. And no. then we, we Googled Chris Christie's father and it was indeed Chris Christie's father. <laughs> at which point guy got in touch with governor Christie and yeah. said, I think we just met your father and Christie just moments before the debate. And you can tell how relaxed he is as a debater, uh -huh. got back in touch and said, indeed, my dad is here. He is 90 years old, and he was out in that heat yesterday. He was looking far better than the president of the United States. Wow. And Chris Christie's dad, tall and thin as a rail. 
I was like, well, that was my only question is the appearance. So yeah. I would, I would not have That's called the secret it. to getting to 90, have. by the way. Hmm? <laughs> so we ran into Chris Christie's dad. That was that. What else? What else? I, I, yeah. I, like I said, I thought Christie directed parts of the debate because when he attacks, everyone else feels the permission to sort of pile yes, on. Yes, the pile on. And I thought, I loved seeing Mike Pence finally say, you know what, I've, I've had enough too. I mean, I think the I've had enough line was Christie and like, here we go. But then Pence finally, you know, it's not that he lost his cool, but he decided, you know what, enough is enough as you well. You know what, he, ha- he landed the first dig, the first funny dig okay. of the debate, Hot which stuff. was, and we'll play it for you guys, a joke about... <laughs> It got very Inception. It was a joke about a canned line about canned lines. So just, we can play that. And it got a nice response from the audience. You know what? We're we're, going to bring in... I just want to finish responding to Mike. I just want to respond to Mike for one second because he invoked me back. Listen, now that everybody's gotten their memorized, pre-prepared slogans out of the way, we can actually have a real discussion now. The the, the reality (laughs) and the fact of the matter is... Was that one of yours? uh, Not really. I didn't see it coming, Mike Pence. No. Again, it's, it's one of the weirdest things, though, is, you know, under... Other circumstances, the guy who is the former vice president now running for president would be the presumed front runner, not in a general, but certainly for the nomination. And you think about this with Walter Mondale in 84, for example, you know, who became, I mean, he had a lot more, I mean, he, there were obviously a lot of challengers in 84, but certainly he emerged and he was always considered to be a front runner. Mike Pence is not a front runner here. And that's, that's quite remarkable, at least not yet. Yeah. And I think to me, because I understand how much of the electorate feels about him, most of mm-hmm. Trump's people, I wonder to myself, what is Mike Pence doing here? What's the plan? Yeah. And look, I think at the debate, he comported himself well. He looked like a guy who knows how to debate. Some people thought he got a little too feisty and they did not love that. He and Brett Baer, the moderator, got into it a little bit. Oh, they did. Um, Yes. Brett Brett was like, hey, because he was interrupting. He was trying to jump in on something. Right. But I think that moment when he talked about January 6th and he said, you know, I made this oath about protecting the Constitution. And it wasn't just an oath, you know, a promise to voters and to myself. It was a promise to God. That's the that's why he's out there. He's out there to say that. I think. Well, let me just say this. Okay, I I guess he said that. I just feel like when I, I, I took some notes and one of the notes I had about Mike Pence was, I just wish he was more open about his faith. I don't know much about it. He doesn't really. Oh, never mind. Okay, I want to go back to Vivek quickly because uh, yes. I, can't, I can't get enough of this. This is the thing. Know. This is the thing about Vivek, I right? See what he, we're, look at what we're doing. We're talking about it. He, we're talking about him, and it's an attention yeah. economy, and he's sucking it up again. That's there what he does. Are cert- there are certain voters out there. Could be a lot, but they have opinions on certain things, but they don't feel in polite society they can air out those feelings, whatever they are, conspiracy theories or whatever. And Vivek goes out there and he says these things and boom, people are like, yes, finally, somebody is saying how I feel about the climate change hoax or whatever it is that you happen to believe in. And none of the other candidates are going there, that sort of a thing. So, I mean, that appeals. I don't know if that's just, I don't know, however, if that is enough to propel him forward you know, in, you know, in what, you know what it's enough for? It's enough for him to get 11 to 15 yeah. percent of the primary electorate, at which point he'll make a deal with Trump and then endorse Trump. <laughs> get a nice <laughs> gig in return. I think that's I think cynical, but true. I think it's that's, you know, we are jaded. 
he had a line that the first one of the he had many lines, but one of them that jumped out at me, not in a good way, was, you know, do you want this sort of, you know, slow roll, whatever he says, progressive, you know, reform approach or, quote, do you want a revolution? And I was like, mm, I don't, I don't think I want a revolution. I'm like, thank you, Robespierre. The answer is no. Or, <laughs> yes, I want a revolution, but not with like, you leading it. I, I don't know. Well, a revolution, and, a revolution led by tech millennials. Mm, yes, exactly. They Certain things be very interesting. Other things might be pretty scary. How did you think everybody, how did you think everybody did on Ukraine? So there were two arguments that I just appreciated hearing. Mm -hmm. One of the things about this debate and look, I'm done assuming or wishing or imagining that the GOP electorate likes the same things I like. Okay. I, I know that's not the case. However, there's a small hope in me that everybody might have enjoyed 55 minutes of not talking about Trump and his indictments. Yeah. It, we did that for an hour. And we I was got looking into at some, the clock. I was like, wait into, a minute. We got into some real issues. Yeah. Into some real policy. I thought I thought that the debate overall was substantive, and I was surprised how much I enjoyed watching it. And on two issues, I think there are, there are divides within the party. I guess the the treatment of Trump's indictments is another one sure. where there are divides within the party. But the two policy issues: Ukraine and abortion. Where, right. and these are issues where sometimes the general electorate population is in a different place. Or even some of the primary electorate is in a different place on Ukraine, for instance, than the historic GOP peace through strength messaging, right? right? And Vivek gave gave voice to some of that. Yep. Even if I disagree with him, I understand the part of the electorate that he's yeah. talking to. Sure. On abortion, I thought they had a really pretty interesting intellectual conversation about trade-offs and morality versus balancing that with federalism and the 10th Amendment got brought up and I the the left leaning press is not going to have that conversation with any Republican candidates. No. And it is a conversation. There's only one question for the I'm, those candidates. Yeah. And like it 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 worked out a lot of things that yeah. Republicans think about, that voters think about. Some people didn't understand or thought that Nikki Haley's answer was weak. She was talking about, let's be honest about a federal ban on abortion, what we can do. Oh, right. Do. Now you need 70 uh, senators. Yeah, be honest with the American people about what you can do. I appreciated that. Some people yeah. thought, why is she even going there? This is too moderate because the rest of the primary mm -hmm. doesn't just is in agreement on abortion. I was like, I'm not sure about that because there's a bunch of right. women voters out there who have reservations about very strict limits. Right. And also lean pro-life and like some restrictions. So like it's a conversation that needs to be had anyway. You had thoughts on Ukraine. I just went out of fun a tangent. Go oh, ahead. yeah. No. Okay. No. But uh, but while, since we're talking about abortion, it, it was interesting because I think, you know, the other candidates, she's the only woman candidate there, but the other yeah. candidates were talking about whether or not they would support a 15-week federal ban on abortion, right? But I think the moderators were at, at trying to get them to agree on a six-week ban. Did I not? I, I, I could, maybe I misheard that, but, you know, nobody went there. And certainly Ron DeSantis, you know, when it comes to a, a number of questions, refused to actually directly answer the question, whether it be Trump, the indictment, Mike Pence, he hemmed and hawed until finally conceded that, was, that he I did that the was right a, thing. I thought that was a bad moment. Yeah, that was awkward. To, that was awkward. To me, when you're, now I've, when I, this is obviously a much smaller stage, but on CNN, when I was up against 
a ton of people who disagree with me and the narrative is perhaps not one that I want to be talking about right at that moment, but something is put to me that's obviously true and that I have an obvious answer for. Did Mike Pence do the right thing? Even if I don't want to talk about that right at that second, I'd be like, obviously. Concede it fully. Move to the thing you want to talk about. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and I think that Nikki Haley... Yeah, I think she 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 did just fine on that uh, on that issue, and she does, she separated herself by being quote unquote a realist about this very sensitive subject. I found her very appealing, and and it, it's a shame because I think she she outdid her fellow South Carolinian Tim Scott. What happened to Tim Scott? I think what happened to Tim Scott is there's too many people on the stage for his style of speaking. Yeah, you can like part of the reason that all these guys are coming at you with a bunch of words really, really fast yeah. is because they know it's their only shot to yeah. get in a bunch of thoughts. And seconds. Tim Scott is a story guy. He's a lofty, he's a lofty rhetoric guy. He did have a, a funny moment, which I related to where he said, I'm a Southern boy. I talk slow. And then the buzzer goes off again. And he was like, wow, that was fast. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> I had that, to, kind of I had to endearing. amend my, I had to amend my speech patterns when I became a TV person because you must fit in as much as possible, particularly because I was on the O'Reilly factor and I only had like 12 seconds at most. So, so I understand that. I think it just didn't match up with this. And I know he, I think he's the kind of candidate that if he were not a good fundraiser, he could pack up his things and go home today. However, he raises money. Yeah. So I don't know. He's very good at that. We'll see what happens. I'm sure the postmortem was not good for him. I'm sure his advisors had a lot of thoughts and it's going to take a couple of days till we see how it shapes out. Really, I mean, those snap polls are not that reliable. I think we need another, you know, five days or whatever to see how people yeah. feel about it. And I'll be interested to see how Vivek does because uh, regarding Ukraine, he obviously touched on something that a lot of people, as you mentioned, in the Republican Party feel which is yep. why are we bothering over there spending billions of dollars when we can devote all that money and manpower to securing the border? As Mike Pence explained, they're not exclusive. It's not one or the other. That's not how this works. And then Nikki Haley really schooled, I think, Vivek. Oh, yeah, we got we to gotta play that because like, she really found her moment. And when this happened, I thought, yeah, that was her moment. And, that and was by the way, to, to take a moment... On foreign policy, which is yeah. not something that is historically some a primary GOP voter or any primary voter, or regular voter concern, top sure. of mind, Excuse is me. an accomplishment. So here's that. You are choosing a murder over, over a pro-American country. First of all, Nikki, I wish you well in your future career on the boards of Lockheed and Raytheon. You know, I'm not on but the, the fact of the matter, and Raytheon, and Nikki, you want to go and defund Israel? You want to okay, let me address that. I'm glad you, you brought that up. I'm going to address that. So the reality make is, America less safe. You have no foreign me, policy experience, and it shows. And you know what? The, the yeah, she she kind of crushed in there. As I said in a column for FoxNews.com, she was happy to polish her foreign policy credentials on Vivek's pocket square. And Vivek, and Vivek <laughs> was so dismissive because he has all these one-liners for everybody else on the stage, bought and paid for. All you people are bought and paid for, right? Which is a dig over, particularly at these these political action committees that are that are that are running a lot of the campaigns. But the other thing is, to Nikki Haley, he just had this really snarky 
comeback, which was, oh, uh, you know, have fun being on the board of Lockheed and Raytheon. Yeah. Just, just again, people out there be like, yeah, they're all, they're all part of the same thing. No, they're not. And she had to go in the middle of that, the, the crowd roaring. She was like, I am not, you know, on the board of Lockheed and Raytheon. And I think part of it was, I think the gang up against Vivek, partly they know he's surging and he is a Trump proxy. And the other part of it is generational too. And all these old people are like, I'm not going to be quote unquote schooled or whatever by this, 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 right. this, this whippersnapper. But again, you're not going to see a similar debate on the Democratic side. Yeah. You no, know, not at all. Well, and here's here's a concern of mine. So I think in the end, the ball didn't move a ton. Mm-hmm. I think some I think some money might go back over to Nikki Haley because she I like I said, I un, I called her one of the underestimated last night in my column, in my first reaction column. I now feel like she did an even better job than I felt last night. And I think other people will notice that as well. And obviously she's good in her after action oh. interviews as well. DeSantis and on paper, solid. on paper, she's great. Right. DeSantis solid and came out of it basically unscathed, which is sort of surprising. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't move the ball a ton. No. And therefore, Trump is the status quo and the status quo remains Trump. Right. So. Yeah. I wonder, and do you think that it ever matters that he doesn't show up for these things? They have several planned. If That's he right. There's another. Up, if he doesn't show up for any weeks. of them, does anyone care? No, he'll still be ahead. I think this really is a battle for second place, and, and that's and that's rather sad. He is extremely confident. I saw parts. I did not see the beginning to end of the Trump interview with Tucker Carlson on X slash Twitter. But, you know, it's Trump being uh, Trump and, and he played it as I'm above all these people. Some are one percent or two percent. Why would I bother to waste my time with all of them, you know, you know, nipping at my, you know, my feet? And, and, and I get that. And it actually worked for both. It benefited Trump, obviously, because they didn't have to waste his time. And it benefited the candidates because they could, for at least one hour, talk about something else. They did. They did. They had some room to breathe. They did. There was one weird line, by the way, in the Tucker Carlson interview where Trump mentions people who shouldn't even bother running. And he mentions Aza Hutchinson and mm-hmm. he calls him. His nickname is Ada Hutchinson. And then he said, wow. I can't really I, I don't want to get in trouble, so I can't explain why I call him that. What oh is that God. all about? No, is it is it, if he thinks he's a, like like Ada is like like it's like feminine that like Ada is a woman's Ada? name, isn't it? What are we doing? I don't I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's this is just, why, and, this, and is it, why. But this is what Christie says. This is what Chris Christie says. Is, do we want more of this? Do we really want more of this as president? And you know what? A lot of people he got booed, and yeah. he, Christie is used to booze. He's been booed for a lot of his administration as governor of New Jersey. He feeds off of that. Although mm-hmm. in this situation, the boos are not as close in your face where he likes to fight. They were like echoey boos from the rafters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he makes a point. Do we want this to be what the president is? I get it. Even if it's not, even if, you know, listeners have heard us talk about the Trump indictments, obviously. And one listener to our show says, please take a break from the Trump indictments. Thank you. Uh, we try. We try. We try. But, I, you know, I get pulled like in Godfather. I get pulled back in. And uh, uh, the, th- the thing is, you know, do we just do you want more of that or not? And I know it's not fair in many ways, particularly the Bragg indictment or this fourth indictment or whatever. It's ridiculous. But 
aren't there, isn't there somebody else I can do just as good or a better job without the luggage? And for it, me, that's it would Nikki Haley. So, you know, yeah, it would seem so. And and look, that's what I found. I sent, I found the debate enjoyable and sort of refreshing because they weren't look, they're going to snipe at each other, but they weren't just slinging nonsensical nicknames around. Right. And look, Trump is entertaining. I get that. Yeah. But I also media do call me old fashioned, but I do like candidates who know things. Right. And Trump has a sort of sense of a room of politics, oh. also instincts, but he yeah. not a lot of facts all the time, even on the things that he says he cares about. And I like people who have command of those things. And I thought most everybody on the stage had command of many facts last night. Yeah. And I found that interesting. But yes, I, 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 it's interesting to me because, well, and a little sad to me because I do think it is fundamentally disrespectful not to debate at all to the voters. But if the voters don't care, then I guess it's not. <laughs> I find it, I find it to be a wimpy move. And if you're so good and if you're so dominant, right. get out there and do your job. If, if the numbers change, he might. But I can just as easily say, see him pulling off a, we're just going to cruise right to the convention. I've got the delegates. I've got the votes. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you're right. And again, none of this serves you in a general election because then you're out of practice by the yeah. time you get there. All right. Well, that's, that's the debate, folks. Are we done with that? Do we have any more thoughts? No, I, I'm, I'm, I think that's it for me right now. I think we covered, I feel like we covered all the candidates. I yeah, think. Uh, yeah, we even we even touched we even touched on Asa Hutchinson. So we mentioned Ada. Yeah, I'm sorry, Asa. You're gonna get I, in trouble. We don't know why. No, we <laughs> don't know why. Do you you wanted to talk about COVID? Because because it, it turns out it never left oh, yeah. us. Oh, it's back! It's back, Vic. Yeah. Mm, What's going back. on? Let me let me read you from David. Is it Zweig or Zweig? He's an investigative reporter. Writes for the Atlantic. Sometimes has has frequently been on the non-groupthink side of COVID really? policies. Yes, I would I say, appreciate. by the way, I would, as a German uh, speaker, I would say Zweig, Z-W-E-I-G. Okay. Yeah. Zweig. Yes. So let me read you the first little bit of his piece on the current COVID quote unquote surge. He goes through some of the media hits on this lately. What the new COVID surge really means, Politico promised to tell readers on July 31st, COVID didn't take a summer vacation. It's time for a refresher on how to protect yourself and others. The Times ordered on August 8th. Last week on August 18th, CBS News asked, COVID cases are rising, but should you be worried this time? On August 3rd, CNN published a piece titled, What You Should Know About the Latest COVID-19 Surge. I would add that CNN also tweeted with an accompanying picture of a child in N95 that you should start dusting those off and bringing them back out. First of all, for the kids, because it's... Yes. It's for the kids because Mary Catherine, as you know, studies show kids do great with the masks. Oh, they're so important for the kids and for the prevention of everything. Okay. Number one, not for the kids. Number two, if you're having to dust it off and it's been like hanging out in your basement, like it's probably not going to do the job that you imagine it's doing. But whatever. You might be inhaling some of that dust. Yeah, we're going to do this again, Vic. Are we going to do this again? Depending on where you live. The answer is going to be yes or no. However, I think our general tolerance is we're not across the board. If you go want to go back, I hate to take you back in time, but if we're going to go back in time to spring of 2020, mm -hmm. 
everybody, everybody was masking and keeping their distance. Nobody was sure how this thing was spread. And it got crazy, right? Indoors, outdoors, people far away, the the, the, the uh, supermarket, the aisles, you can only go in one direction. The guy yelling at me because I took a couple steps back, you know, to, so I can't get the coffee that is five feet away from me. You're going in the wrong direction. You took people your COVID not, the wrong way. I took my COVID because it's going to get you. Yep. And I think we will see less of that, but there is still a good chunk of people out there who will dutifully... Uh, mask up, even if they, you know, know that uh, young people, for example, are at a low risk of 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 getting severe symptoms from from COVID. Just this morning, I was up in Maryland and I was at a coffee shop. I was sitting outside and I saw a mother and a little girl daughter mask up before they went inside to get their coffee. They walked out, take the mask out. This is going to become part of their routine. Yeah. Uh, and, and and you're going to see that throughout. But I, again, it really depends on where you are. And you know, there will always be people like this. It's But it'll, it'll be less than it was. But we're still going to see it. I mean, and the other problem is people who have power are going to be insisting on this. Universities right, are insisting I think on there's this. Some, one, one university was just in the news. I think there's some 100 universities that are going to have some sort of – have have, have dipped their yeah. toe back into the mm -hmm. the mask mm -hmm. stuff and again these are these are 18 to 22 year olds for the most part oh it's nuts and you know a a young colleague of mine was telling me how eager she was to leave college and not come back because she had been there during the bulk of the covid yeah. insanity i wouldn't and i would said, not have paid to be there man it was bad no and this is this is here in town this is not even in new york but this is here in town and faculty would be like, that's as close as you come. Don't get any closer. This is it. It just, you know, it gave, wearing... it gave people such an excuse to be awful to each other. Like, yeah. they, they were yeah. self righteously congratulating themselves for being so caring oh, for... while just being awful to people who wanted yeah. to have normal interactions. And the people who enjoy that are going to go back to doing it. And the people who clout chase all these, the experts that are cited in the CNN piece, who of course like all got all this wrong the first time, yeah, are yeah. going to enjoy their clout once again to the extent that they can get it. And they are incentivized to do this with every slight uptick, which is what Zweig concedes. Like, look, there is a slight uptick, but it is dwarfed by the ones yeah. of the past because there is so much immunity now. And to act as if this has anything to do with people letting their guards down when we've all been just doing normal stuff for a year and a half or human behavior in general is irresponsible. It's actually misinformation. So here we go. Be careful, guys. Gird yourselves. I would also, I, yeah. I just want to throw in this topic real, real quick. It's COVID related. Speaking of going back to the crazy times, I was reading up on a, a lawsuit from a Santa Clara, California church California's okay. ban on worship was deemed oh. un, was was not knocked out by SCOTUS in 2021 yeah. because it was so restrictive. And they weren't, of course, restrictive to like malls, but yeah, tattoo parlors. Strip but the clubs, freedom, the like freedom that. to worship really was problematic. You know what's going there's on. a there's a Santa Clara church 
that was served cease and desist letters starting in summer of 2020 by the county. The county was very draconian about cracking down on anything in person. But this church decided, as it should have, and I wish that more churches were near me had done the same, that people needed spiritual help yeah. and that they needed to not be alone and that they needed to be in person. And that, that was their calling and their right. And they were correct. Yeah, uh, their, their God-given and constitutional right to do this. And so they kept having services. Well, they had to pay like millions of dollars. They've been fined like $2 million or Unbelievable. something. In the course of the court proceedings, they found out that the county was running like pretty serious surveillance on them with in, uh, compli yeah. the compliance unit, which is what they called these Orwellian folks, hanging out next door and like watching through the fence and counting everybody who was in there day after day, week after week, and taking note of when they sang. So remind me, did you just say that this took place in East Berlin? Or was this Czechoslovakia? I mean, this or was is this? just the West Coast of America. Oh, okay. So worse. Uh, and and they're so they've they've gone to court over this because we they found out something else, which is not oh. just there was this human surveillance from next door, which mm -hmm. like warrantless for worshiping in a church, right? So that's bad enough. They also found out that there was a, a form of technology being used no. oh, by the local government, which could use cell phone data to figure out how many people were at the church at a time. Now, the company that gave this data to the county says that it's not supposed to be used for that, that that's not what they do, but it conceded that some guy that they hired had analyzed it for this. So somebody's, somebody's doing something bad here. Again, entirely warrantless for people who are worshiping in a church. That is how insane things got. And not just people who are worshiping, people who are being flagged for singing and hugging. It was a dark, dark time and people lost their minds and we should not go anywhere near it. By the way, I saw a story this week that the fire festival is happening again and the same con artist who ran it last time is running it again. So the same people who are buying tickets to that, I imagine are the same people who are gonna fall for this mask BS again. Yeah. Don't do it, y'all. Don't be the fire festival people on the second try. Okay. Don't do it. I, I think what we have to find out is at what level was the permission given for this sort of secretive operation, right? I mean, are we talking about a very local level, the county level, or perhaps the state level? It was- Who knew it? Was, it? You, who it was knew, nasty. You know, what, what do they know and when do they know it? And all of, all of their fines should be forgiven. It's crazy that we're even having to go to court yeah, for this, but I appreciate funny. the people who are because going to court few, for it. There are a few churches that did in fact win against the state of California. There's one in particular because they got heavily fined by Governor Gavin Newsom for meeting when they should not have been meeting according to him according and, to and, their, and their rules. But no, you, you see this everywhere. The Washington Post has been also running a couple stories on long COVID. And if you go to the, the comment section, it's, it's, it's like the worst it's ever been out there. So it's, it's just, it's not good. I do hope people are saying enough is enough. We're about to find out. I, th I think a lot of people will, and there's a segment of people that will get a charge out of doing this again and trying to force others mm -hmm. to do it again. There's a segment of people who genuinely are, frankly, scared beyond their rational risk analysis of this thing, and it's not healthy, and they should no. stop, and people should stop encouraging them to be that scared. So yeah. we shall Especially see what happens. We're still digging out of this educational hole 
that we dug ourselves yes. in for these kids. And the idea that we're going to just put, you know, go back in it and somehow say, well, you know, what's really what's best for the kids. And maybe we can have them in school masking because a lot of these public schools will take their cue from the CDC. They wouldn't take it from, you know, the state of Virginia is not going to listen to Governor Yunkin. You know, the, you know, the public yep. school system isn't. They're going to they're going to they're going to turn to what they want to turn to. Oh, this is depressing. How about something more? You know what? You know what it's not depressing for? <laughs> what? Republican what? electoral potential. That's actually true. <laughs> if they try That's actually this. true. Anyway. OK, we've got one silly story and then I got to I got to get out of here because this this Internet's trying to kill me. OK. Did you know that the Tennessee Titans rookie quarterback, Will Levis, is somewhat famous for having put what in his coffee, Vic? Having put mayo in his coffee. Apparently, here's a look, yes, here's a here's a clip of him talking about it real quick. Will Levis, quarterback at the University of Kentucky, and I have been known to put mayonnaise in my coffee sometimes. So he was in a pinch, mm-hmm. and he went for mayo, Vic. And, and now somehow. he has a partnership with Hellman's Mayo. <laughs> Why don't we get any of these sponsorships, partnerships? We talk about products all the time on this show. I know. Oh, and like we'd be perfect for it. We you know? would be great. We... Uh, let me let me ask you this, Mary Catherine. Do you like mayonnaise? I think I know the answer. And also, if you do, assuming you do, would you try it in your coffee? I hated mayo when I was a child, Ooh. and I have since changed my mind about it, and I love ah. it. I my preferred brand is Dukes, and <sighs> yes, for if honestly, if I were in a pinch and I needed something creamy to put in my coffee, like I might I might try it. I it sounds my, pretty gross, yeah. though. No, it does. I drink my coffee black. But as for mayo, it is amazing how it really brings out a visceral, visceral reaction in some people who yeah. really genuinely hate it. My guess is, is a texture issue. But it's, there's a certain egginess to it that I like. <laughs> that makes it sound gross. <laughs> no, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize how visceral the reaction was until I saw the great movie Undercover Brother. Oh, and, okay. And it was, I believe, White She Devil, who is she? She <laughs> she she somehow had convinced the undercover brother now to he, he had be, you know, to become white, and then one of the things was embracing the mayonnaise. And I didn't realize there was this big to do over people who hate mayonnaise, but I love it, and I'm a big fan of Dukes, by the way, which you cannot find in the north. No, but it's, it's not it's great, readily available great in there. The south, no. What is is there anything weird that you? add mayo to that maybe other people don't i don't think so but i only I really, have two things and it's not really that weird i really load up my pimento cheese though i'm not shy about it oh okay okay so it gives it a real shall we say texture then a real texture for it's 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 a low fat it's a low fat recipe i like it i like it on burgers i know some people mm. don't do that i love mayo yeah. on burgers i added uh, it at, and, at mcdonald's yeah oh yeah i mean i mean imagine if that if you mix that with ketchup you basically might have a version of a secret sauce Here's one little interesting tidbit for you. Jennifer Aniston had once admitted in her dark past to having the guilty pleasure of eating mayonnaise sandwiches. So you just put mayo on toast and then you, you, well, you toast the toast and then you put mayo on it and just eat it. Nothing else. I mean, I can't hate on her for that. (laughs) I love her even more. I think it's a little like it's, it's sort of, 
It's a little WT, as we used to say in college. That's white trash. Um, Is it problematic now? I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. No, you can say it. You can say it the way things I can say things about my people. I think that's okay. About Uh, my people. (laughs) About my people. We better. We Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. It's your people. Okay. It's fine. Better. We got to end it on that, Mary Catherine. And really, I hope you enjoy your the rest of your time in Milwaukee. I hope you get some brats. Brats are oh. a big deal there. Or if I'm, you get a chance to go to Culver's, go to Culver's. Yes, I'm going to actually meet up with John McCormick, who can show oh. me around like the expert that he is. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, best to Will Levis and his perhaps lifetime supply of Hellman's. I congratulate him on that. <laughs> my people congratulate him on that. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> And my people, too. Okay, I would, let me just, I'll, that, that wraps up. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorino Mattis. I am at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. You can follow us at Getting Hammer Podcast on Instagram, and you should. And I wrote in Newsweek and Outkick and FoxNews.com this week. So you, you can are a machine. All those places. Thanks for getting hammered responsibly. From Milwaukee, this has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.